everybody in your office is saying they're underwater. Are they really underwater or are they mismanaging their day-to-day tasks? Are they doing things the hard way? And this ticketing scenario gives you the ability to look at someone's workload and truly make database decisions about what's going on in their in their world, in their property management world. Welcome to the Property Management Brainstorm Show with Bob Preston. Bob is the CEO, owner, and broker of North County Property Group, the fastest growing and top-ranked property management company in San Diego County, California. This podcast is for property managers and real estate investors who want to stay on top of leading trends in managing their property assets. You'll hear from leading professionals on the best practices for growing your property management business, successfully renting your properties, and how to make sure your properties are managed correctly. Now, here is your host, Bob Preston. Welcome, brainstormers, to the Property Management Brainstorm Show. I'm Bob Preston, your host of the show, broadcasting from our studio at North County Property Group in Del Mar, California. If you're new here and you'd like, please subscribe so you have ongoing access to all of our great episodes. And if you like what you hear, please pay it forward. Would love to get a positive review. I've been on a bit of a process kick here with the past few episodes, and I don't mean process regarding to the podcast. I'm talking about process as it fits within the property management industry. Speaking to why it's so important in property management and what if many of those processes could potentially be automated. The concept of this is to let technology handle your repetitive tasks. If this was done, might this allow you and your property management business to work smarter and not harder? I've got on the show today with me, uh, guest Heather Park, who's the co-founder and managing partner at RentBridge. And we're going to be talking about bringing daily aspects of property management into a system that automates day-to-day business. So Heather, welcome to Property Management Brainstorm. Thank you. Happy to be here. A good place to start always would be if you could just introduce yourself, how you got into the property management industry and core concept behind RentBridge. Sure. Um, So it's kind of a funny story how I got into property management. Um, It was not on purpose at all. I I studied rocks is kind of how I like to describe it. I was a petroleum geologist before I got into the real estate industry. And at the time, um, you know, I was a single mom. I had two kiddos that I wanted to spend some time with and I was traveling all over the world. So kind of reining that back in and taking some uh, time to look inward and see what I wanted out of life, I, I made some decisions. And happened to be dating this really handsome guy in the property management industry at the time. <laughs> and so Michael and I uh, decided uh, whether or not it was a good idea at the time, it turned out really well, we were going to work together. <laughs> so we we started working together in his property management company. And that's really the beginning of, of how that story folds out. But um, I, I didn't, I didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't something I ever envisioned for my life, but obviously wouldn't, wouldn't go back and change anything if I had to. Um, but as far as RentBridge goes, that was actually the next iteration of our, our property management business. So we grew our single family property management company here in the DFW area to about a thousand doors. And then we sold that, wow. that portfolio and I started RentBridge. Michael um, was actually recruited into the institutional space and worked there for a brief period of time, learned a lot, has actually contributed a lot um, from that experience toward RentBridge. And then he came over full-time to RentBridge in 2018. So what we do um, has evolved quite a bit, but 
suffice it to say, we're an automation firm. We provide marketing automation and process automation for the property management industry. I've been looking forward to this episode because I've been on this process kick, right? I've been talking a lot on my podcast about property management processes. And one of the concepts is how do you automate that? And I do these little episodes called Five Minute Fridays. They're five minute kind of mini podcast bonus here. One of them was called How Much Is Too Much, right? So how like is it possible <laughs> to take it so far that you could over-engineer and lose that human element that is so important in property management? We'll touch on that here in a minute. But okay. So by the way, I didn't want to be a property manager when I grew up either. So most of us in this industry <laughs> find our way into this business <laughs> somehow, right? My journey into property management was kind of similar. I mean, I was at a place in my life where I could kind of jump off the corporate treadmill and I had a young child at home and I was kind of just wanting to not be traveling as much. So I, I get what you're saying about having kids and wanting to spend more time at home. All right. So at Rentbridge, you refer to property management tools and that they help you work smarter by letting technology take over, if you will, and handle the repetitive tasks. So maybe you can explain that. What exactly is the technology that you're referring to? So it's actually twofold. Um, we use a base platform of whatever the CRM is. Our favorite CRM um, and, and process platform is HubSpot. And so that's really our go-to. Everything that we do is built on the backbone of HubSpot. Um, we do have a handful of clients that that use Lead Simple. We see some people still using Salesforce. There's a, a, a mixture here and there. But primarily our, our go-to platform is HubSpot. Um, so between that and then our software, which is a platform that layers on top of HubSpot, we're able to then automate all of the internal processes and really create an ecosystem for property managers to live out of in conjunction with their property management system, be it Appfolio or Buildium or Propertyware or, or what have you. So, okay. So it's software. I guess that's the first <laughs> question, right? Tech, the technology yeah. software. And is it, for lack of a better term, a set of if-then rules, right? If this happens, then that is the outcome? Correct. To an extent, yes. It's it's like that on steroids. It's, it's trying to think through the business logic of all of the different scenarios and all of the different relationships between the different players and anticipating the next round of scenarios and then creating exactly what you described, if-then statements, to attempt, again, to automate as much as you can while increasing efficiency and eliminating as much of the opportunity for human error as possible while optimizing everything and streamlining it. So conceptually, it sounds great. I mean, I want to manage more doors and I want less overhead, right? And I want to eliminate <laughs> costly errors from my people who make human errors along the way. But for those who might be new to this topic, it's a bit abstract, I don't know if you ever hear that. So are there some concrete examples, maybe even simple ones that could help us understand exactly what you're talking about and what this is? Absolutely. You know, one of my favorites um, is the renewals example. When we were running about a thousand doors, we had a full-time staff member and a half. So calculate that. That's 60 hours a week doing nothing but renewals right. and expirations. So take that example and then look at the today scenario of the way that we automate it lease renewals can be done in a matter of moments. So if you're working through a, a traditional lease renewal, what's the first thing you do? If you get owner approval, you call the owner. They're not going to answer. Who answers their phone on the first time? You leave a voicemail or you send a text message or you send an email and then you're waiting to hear back from them. Okay, great. You hear back from them. Then what? And that's the, the series of questions that just kind of flows from there. Then what? Then what? Let's say they want to renew. Okay, great. Now I got to get a hold of the tenant and make sure that they're okay with the new rent rate. 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a back and forth all the way through the yes side of the scenario and all the way through the no side of the scenario with all of those different branches. Imagine how many phone calls. On average, it takes someone six attempts to get in touch with a human. That's maybe three my way and three your way or maybe five and one. It just depends on on the day and the time. But it's never an easy situation just to get another human on the phone or to respond to an email or, or a text message or however you do it. So we look at it from the automation standpoint. And the example that, that I really like to use with renewals is the elimination of all of that waiting and back and forth. So our renewals process kicks off automatically from the export of data from your property management software. So let's say you start your renewals 90 days out. 90 days out from whatever this lease expiration is, that data is going to come in from, call it Appfolio, mm-hmm. into HubSpot. It's going to create a deal, and it's going to trigger off a sequence of events telling the owner and the tenant, hey, here's your expectations. Here's what you should expect coming up in the near future. Your lease is about to expire. Just start thinking about what you want to do. That's the first interaction. So this is like an email that that get, yep. or a text or something yep. that gets sent out. Does it go through HubSpot or does it go out through Appfolio? Um, it goes out through HubSpot and whatever okay. your email server is or email provider is. So okay. Gmail, Outlook, what have you. Yeah. Heads up, Mr. Uh, property owner. We're going to be pinging you here shortly Correct. because we have a renewal on January 31st or whatever. Correct. And same thing for the tenant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just the heads up email. And then once you get a little bit closer, whatever your deadline day is and you get to decide, that next round of communication is going to go out. And if you do get owner approval, the first round is going to go to the owner. The owner is going to receive an email that says, hey, Mr. Owner, here's your recommended renewal rate. You can either have that automatically calculated, which we prefer, or you can run a CMA and and put the new analysis um, in the email. But either way, here's your recommended renewal rate. Do you want to renew this tenant at this rate? Do you want to not renew this tenant for whatever reason? Or do you need to talk to somebody about it? They have three buttons, three options. Mm-hmm. Let's say they hit yes. Okay, great. The same process is going to kick off on the tenant side of things and, and run down that same path. Let's say they say no, which happens sometimes. If they say no, immediately at that point in time, you're going to have a ticket that spins off to let the internal teams know, hey, this owner said they don't want to renew. Let's go ahead and get something on the calendar for the move out, for the make ready, for the rekey for the carpet clean, to put a sign in the yard, to take new pictures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all of these tickets are assigned to the right teams with dates and deadlines and notifications assigned to them that really aren't something that's going to be dropped like the sticky note that you would typically drop on someone's desk or the email that you're going to send over. They may or may not see in their pile of emails. So that's if the owner says no. The tenant has the same options and the same sequence of events can play out. Thus, automating the entire process and eliminating all of this waiting and back and forth. So that was a really great example. Thank you. I totally understood that. I mean, you could take that same kind (laughs) of uh, thinking and apply it to other things, tenant or owner onboarding, your actual leasing process, you know, writing that, then writing that lease extension, move outs, uh, maybe midpoint things that happen during the course of the list. You used an interesting word. You used the word ticket. (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> so I want to stop and talk about that for a minute because it's different verbiage than maybe a lot of our listeners right. are used to. I think in the traditional sense of property management, a property manager, maybe the senior property manager has has assistants or whatever on their team who might be using the same analogy of, um, you know, the lease renewal. Okay. You know, hey, reach out to so-and-so. Their lease is expiring in 90 days at the end of January. Can you touch base? Right. Boom. They send an email, maybe a text, maybe they meet them face to face. Anyway, you used the the term ticket. So explain what that is. 
So it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a customer service ticket. But in this scenario, you're using it internally. So it's an internal service ticket. Um, it's something that we like to describe as the ability to manage tasks and reminders internally without necessarily having to keep track on a spreadsheet or keep track in your email. And it's not going to go anywhere. It, it's eliminating the ability for someone to forget about it. Because until it goes away, until it's completed, that ticket will stay on that person's dashboard, whoever it's assigned to or whatever department it's assigned to. So it'll stay on that person's dashboard or that team's dashboard until it's completed. So now you've created this layer of accountability and this layer of visibility, either within the department or within a particular person's um, everyday tasking system. And it gives either management or the department head or even just the person the ability to wrap their arms around what their day looks like and what their week looks like and what their workload looks like. We hear people all the time talk about how do I know when to hire that next person? I don't know. Everybody in your office is saying they're underwater. Are they really underwater or are they mismanaging their day-to-day -day tasks? Are they doing things the hard way? And this ticketing scenario gives you the ability to look at someone's workload and truly make database decisions about what's going on in their in their world in their property management world. That's super interesting. You know, I as the CEO of my company North County Property Group, every month I get my accounting department to spit out what I call the CEO dashboard. <laughs> okay, you've probably heard these kind of concepts before. And it's a look back at the previous month when the financials close for that respective month. And I get kind of this picture of graphs and, you know, growth and all the, basically the financial status of the company. Now these are lagging indicators. So <laughs> they're super helpful, right? And it helps right. me keep a pulse on, okay, how did we do last month? You know, are there expenses, expense creep in certain categories? But the thing that I don't get on a daily basis is that dashboard of what's going on in terms of the leading indicators, kind of like you're talking about. So does yeah. RentBridge or the platform you're talking about allow people like me to go in and see what's going on in the business on a daily basis? That's exactly what it does. Um, you know, internally here at RentBridge, not only do we use it for ourselves, but we tell people all the time, we have clients across the nation and I can look in any client's portal at any given time and get a pretty good feel for what their activity level looks like down to the individual role in the individual department. I'll know pretty quickly if they've hired a new person because there's onboarding tickets that have been created. I'll know if their maintenance guy is ready to quit because he's got 50 tickets he hasn't even opened and then another 120 outstanding and he's probably got steam coming out of his ears. There's very obvious indicators as to who's in pain, who has some trouble, who's cruising along and might be able to pitch in somewhere else. Um, so yes, those leading indicators are exactly what ticketing and those ticket dashboards are designed to do. Interesting. Do you have many clients who ask you to do that? Hey, will you check out my, I, I don't know what you call it, if it's a <laughs> dashboard or whatever, check out uh, my people and see, you know, help me interpret this, right? Um, we do have those clients that ask for that. It is not a service that we okay. readily offer. <laughs> yeah. And I guess then you're sort <laughs> of yes. stepping in it, right? You're sort of at that point giving your recommendation for the particular company. Okay. So exactly. I've uh, read a lot of your literature and been to your website and you guys talk about the property management operating system, PMOS. I don't know if you call it PMOS, but I think that's kind of what we're talking about here, right? So can you help us understand that? Is it the same concept we're talking about here, just kind of the platform? Yes, absolutely. So PMOS was really born from the need to be able to do exactly what I've described so far, just wrap your arms and wrap your brain around your business as a whole. Um, we all know Appfolio, Propertyware, BuildEM, they're fantastic at 
tenant accounting, owner accounting, you know, the ledgers, the actual financial status and health of each individual property. And that's really not something that is incorporated into any of the systems or processes that we manage because it's it's that financial route, that financial basis that needs to take place in your property management system. Outside of that, where all of your people and your processes operate is what we're looking to house for you, what we're looking to automate for you. So your property management system is going to be the the true source, the, the source of truth for all things financial. All of your people, all of your processes, and the entire rest of your business should be operating on a platform, ideally, not 13 different softwares, 22 different softwares, <laughs> however many you have. Right. We all know that they're, you're juggling softwares all the time. Our goal is to cut all of the noise and create a home base for exactly that, your people and your processes. That way you as the business owner and they as the individual are able to see their world in a glimpse and know exactly what's expected of them, exactly what they need to do next and how to proceed with that. So I'm guessing some of these software packages we use, and and you're right, we do have a lot of them. And I have advocated during COVID that nothing new. And I remember (laughs) Blaze from your company was after me and I told him that. He he and I recently connected, I guess, a month or two ago and we're talking, but does your platform or your PMOS, does it integrate with some of these softwares? Like, does it, for lack of a better term, talk to those software packages? It does. Um, Most softwares that you're using, like um, any of the G Suite tools or any of your task management tools or, or anything other than your property management software, most of those tools have a native integration um, within HubSpot or within our software. So what we call the bridge is our software. And that doesn't integrate with your property management system, but it goes to your property management system, gets the data that it needs, incorporates it in the right order, and then plugs it back into HubSpot. So all of those relationships and those connections between tenant, owner, property, unit, building, et cetera, et cetera, and all their ledgers and, and everything else, all that data comes over from your property management system into HubSpot. And then that data is what kicks off all of our processes and all of the systems that we've created for you. So collections, for example, is a really good way to think about the data comes in. If there's an outstanding balance after the grace period that we read on the lease in your property management system, then it kicks off the series of collections notifications for that tenant. And, and so on and so forth. Gotcha. So as you describe this, I'm thinking in terms of kind of layers. You've got HubSpot is basically not your product. It's an open source platform mm-hmm. for creating these kind of systems, right? And then you've got your Correct. PMOS, which is your proprietary technology that runs, I guess, on top Correct. of, if you think of it as layers on mm-hmm. HubSpot. And then mm-hmm. I guess either at the very bottom or the top, wherever you would position it would be Appfolio, you know, some of these other softwares where you would be pulling your right. and um, mining your data to feed. Hey, all right. So yeah, not as abstract at this point. So if I think of my company, I've got hundreds, if not maybe thousands of processes, where would I start and how would I do this? You know, do you, do you guys kind of have a menu, if you will, of places you suggest starting and how long does it take? <laughs> I guess that's the- They're all really good questions. So we have clients come in all the time that are, are really on both ends of the spectrum. They have zero processes documented, or they have every process and then some documented. And there's really no great way to decide which end of the spectrum you want to be on because both of them have their downfalls. If you come in and and like you described, you have every process documented. If you choose to go against what we recommend and try to automate exactly what you have, that's a very long, very yeah. tedious process. 
So what we've done, because we see this over and over and over again, is we create, like you described, a menu of sorts, but it's really a, a blueprint of industry best practices that we've seen to be the most advantageous and the most um, efficient, if you will. So we'll start with those bases. For, for a typical client, we start with those bases and we say, okay, here's the building blocks. It's 80% of what you need in a particular process. Now, here's the 20% on the fringe that we need you to make decisions on. How many days do you want this delay to be? Do you want an email and a text message to go out? Do you want this to be a form submitted from a landing page or do you want them to reply to the email to kick off this next process, et cetera? So there, there's a, a handful of decisions within each process that we want you to make before you launch and test the process. So call it collections or renewals or anything we've talked about. That's a, a, a base level process that we're going to have you tweak and modify within that 20% or, or so that, that's allowed and then test it. Once you know after the test has, has kind of gone through and you, you've played with it a little while and gotten accustomed to it, then you know what you don't know that yeah. you didn't know before and, and you know what options you have. And at that point is when we allow you to come back in and say, okay, we're going to customize this however you want to. Here's the cost for adding this feature. Here's the cost for, for changing this or removing that. Or you want to custom code this crazy thing that I've never heard of. Totally fine. But now you've used the process in its original form so you can tell me what you want. That's how we recommend that everyone do it. So try out the, the base fundamentals that we've created for you and then make your decisions. But that's not to say that we don't have clients come in and do it exactly the opposite sure. of that and, and customize it 100% of the way through. That's just the slower and more expensive way to do it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we have processes documented pretty thoroughly. The problem is that it sits on a PDF <laughs> on our file server. You know, so um, who really is going to sit there and refer to this, you know, flip through this document to find out what the process is on a exactly. minute by minute basis? I mean, it doesn't happen, right? So the main thing it's good for is training people, maybe signing, getting people to sign their life away to the company that this is your job. You know, if you do your job, you know, you're going to do fine here. Yep. And maybe uh, for legal compliance purposes, because in California, we need a broker compliance manual, right? So great <laughs> for that. But from a practical standpoint, it's not really that useful. So what yeah. you're describing is this sort of dynamic uh, interface mm -hmm. that that helps people through that process on a daily basis. And the other thing you said that I kind of liked was that, you know, if we bring our process manual to you, our systems manual, you'd probably look at it and say, okay, well, 80% of this, we already have canned. So right. we mm -hmm. can help you get there faster if you trust us. And maybe instead of, you know, recreating the wheel, just go with us and then <laughs> do the little bit of customization that makes your company yeah. unique. Am I getting that right? Absolutely. You nailed it. When speaking about automation, I mean, I was kind of joking around about this when we started. You know, I do a lot of podcasts. I talk to a lot of property managers. I'm the president of the California State Chapter of NARPM. Some people are afraid of this kind of stuff. And not that it's mm -hmm. not a sound logic or a sound concept. I think the thing that people are afraid of is, number one, committing to something so different mm -hmm. than the way they've maybe done it for years. Some of the property managers I speak to have owned their company for you know family businesses 30, 40 years. This is the way grandpa did it. This is the way my dad did it. Fine. <laughs> I think when people think of automation, they might think of robotics or technology mm -hmm. taking over something that humans yeah. have typically touched. So right. how do you keep that balance? How much is too much? You know, How do you keep the balance between automation and human element of property management, which let's face it is a, is a relationship business. Right. 
So we kind of look at that um, issue twofold. And and trust me, we get this question all the time. Almost every prospect. Yeah. So the, the first side of that is how much is too much? And looking at it from the perspective of just because you can automate it doesn't necessarily mean that you should. It, it's the Jurassic Park question. We don't always know how to answer that for you because it's sometimes a very custom process just for you. But the way that we go about describing the ideal scenarios for, for process automation is those, those tedious, repetitive tasks that need to be done the same way every single time. Those are an ideal situation for truly automating something. If there's a a rather intricate decision-making process that a human needs to go through in order to come to a conclusion for a particular stage in the process, that's where you're not going to want to automate the entire process, even if you can. You're going to want to automate the tasks or the reminders or the follow-ups or or any of the fringe necessities that go along with that process. Mm -hmm. So you may not be able to automate 100% of it, but maybe you can automate 50% of it that's still 50% that that person didn't have to do um, on a daily basis. So as far as how much is too much, um, I I would definitely say when you're losing the ability to control the outcome is when you've gone too far. Or when you don't know what the outcome is going to be is when you've gone too far. Yeah, or perhaps when you get um, somebody who complains. I wouldn't go that far. There's some some change management involved in all of this. <laughs> but that's the other side of that conversation too, is that a lot of people say you're going to lose the personal touch. Like you mentioned, this is a relationship business. Mm-hmm. What we find though, over and over and over again, is property management as we know it, or as most people know it, is a very reactive business. When you input all of these automations and give people the ability to do their job so much faster, so much smoother and ahead of the curve, you're being so much more proactive with your clients that they're not even noticing, much less missing the human touch, as it were. They're just noticing the level of customer service that they're receiving from you. I mean, think about the last time you called Amazon. I I, I don't, I don't think I've ever called it. I don't know how to call Amazon. I don't know how to call most of can't call Amazon. I tried to one time when my account got hacked and that was like trying to call, you know, POTUS, right? I mean, there was no way I was getting through. Exactly. But at the end of the day, I'm thrilled with, I live on Amazon. I mean, probably to an unhealthy extent. I love it, but it's not something that exactly has a personal touch like it maybe did a decade or two ago. So that's kind of the approach that we take is if you're doing a great job and meeting your customer's needs, you're not going to get those complaints about whether or not they can call you and see how you're doing. Yeah, They're not concerned about that. They just want their property managed. I've well. talked about this a lot on, on the show that I believe that there's going to be a paradigm shift when we come out of the pandemic and keep our fingers crossed. It's looking promising that there's a vaccine. So, you know, maybe by next summer or I don't know if it'll be business as usual, but when, when it when we come out of it, people are going to be having a higher set of expectations. <laughs> and so this is kind yeah. of what we're talking about, that extra level of customer service. Now, is there a yeah. typical profile of a company that would come to RentBridge and say, yeah, I'm ready? I mean, you talked about uh, your company that you had with Michael being a thousand doors. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of measuring companies based on their number of doors, but I mean, it is a measure that we use sometimes. Right. What's the typical profile? So... Um, there is, but not not nearly as much as there used to be. When we were a much younger company, we had a a, a less varied range of clientele. Um, our average today is right around that 400 door mm-hmm. count. But honestly, that's not what makes a client a good fit for us. 
We have clients as small as 80 doors that are, are using our process automation services. We have clients that just shy of 7,000 doors that are using our, our process and they're using the same processes. Wow. So what makes a good fit for a RentBridge client is several different scenarios. One of which is most often, if you're ready to make that next hire in your property management company, be it an actual property manager or someone on the maintenance coordination team or someone in the, the leasing team or move outs team or whatever, if it's on the operational side, there, there's more than likely an opportunity to automate enough of your, your other um, employees work to eliminate the need to hire that person. So that's really one scenario that we see quite a bit when people are looking to make that next step and make that next hire. Um, we also see people that, again, can't control the outcome of their existing processes or those, those balls are getting dropped and those processes are not being seen all the way to fruition. And they come to us and they're desperate for a system and uh, the, the guardrails that, that need to be put up and make sure that the consistency um, is, is available yeah. to their team and then they're able to track it and manage it. So that's really the the profile, so to speak, of, of a good RentBridge client, somebody that's looking for some some visibility, some transparency, yeah. um, or somebody that's looking to scale into that next role and maybe would prefer not to. I like your term guardrails. When I started my business, I mean, I did everything, right? It was in the spare mm-hmm. bedroom, right? I was the responded to all <laughs> inquiries. I signed all the leases. I showed all the prior. I did everything, you know, and now today it's hard yeah. for me to keep mm-hmm. track of that day to day. So how do I know that mm-hmm. my people are kind of staying in their lane, you know, I mean, staying within those guardrails. Right. That's a reality that a lot of us face in the leadership positions as our companies grow. And so it's mm-hmm. a very interesting point. Okay. So there are some other solutions out there and I'm going to ask you kind of where you fit like any software or any solution like this one, there's spectrum from basic Mm -hmm. and simple to maybe complex and more, more complete. So I'm going to rattle some off. You don't have to respond to each one, but uh, we've seen process street tossed around out there. Mm -hmm. Sweet process is another one. You mentioned lead Mm -hmm. simple earlier. They're kind of making a push into the process space. Where do you guys fit in? Where does, how does Mm -hmm. RentBridge compare and how do you differentiate yourself? So um, as compared to, you know, process street and a lead simple type concept, which I I, I think those are are two very different scenarios as well, but for process street specifically, that is in in our opinion, much more of a checklist Mm -hmm. style scenario, which by the way, the people that come to us having used Process Street are typically the most organized and, and well-structured clients that we see. So more power to you. Process Street is a fantastic tool if you're using it. And we do have... Good place to start maybe, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we do have a client or two actually that uses Process Street in conjunction with HubSpot for a very specific um, service. For example, if they have a, a VA that they would rather not introduce to HubSpot, they'll still continue using um, Process Street for certain, you know, small use case scenarios. Uh, it's pretty rare, but we do see it every now and then. Um, so as far as how we compare to Process Street, HubSpot and the RentBridge tools are so much bigger than, than just a, a process management or a checklist management system. This is like, like I described earlier, an ecosystem where your marketing lives, your website lives, your process automation lives, all of your, your CRM and all of the tools associated with that live. All of your dashboard management lives here. So it, it's truly an ecosystem platform where your entire business is operating. Um, it has something very similar to, to Process Street in the form of either playbooks or um, some of the, the more custom checklists that we set up as part of the automations. Um, so there's very much an option for that. 
but to compare them is really not all that fair because they're not designed to do the same things, if that makes sense. Well, you're at opposite ends of that spectrum, Correct. it sounds like. Yep. Understanding what you're saying, Process Street, nice solution, very mm-hmm. basic, kind of checklist-oriented. Yep. Fine if you're just trying to document basic processes. But what you guys offer is you know, way more automated up at the higher end of the spectrum Correct. and probably, uh, I'm guessing, more expensive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of a yeah. difference there. Um, but it, it's definitely a, a different scenario. I'm not going to get into pricing, but at the end of the episode here, I'm going to ask you to tell people how they can reach out and you guys can give them the demo and stuff like that. Okay. Absolutely. This is kind of good timing. I'm guessing that a lot of people, I I don't know if you know where (laughs) I'm going with this, but it seems like, uh, I know we're starting our budgeting process for 2021 and a lot of people Mm -hmm. must be thinking about it. I typically go away for Thanksgiving and when I come back, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of pedal to the metal till about February. Are you getting that? Are people coming to you saying, Hey, we want, you know, we want 2021 to be different. Like, can you help us? What's the climate out there from potential clients you're speaking with? Um, Yeah. You know, it's funny. We typically do see that big push at the end of the year. People are trying to, you know, throw some expenses onto their 2020 taxes and, and not have that bleed over into 2021, get that right off now. Or they are trying to, to revamp their systems entirely and really want to dive in before the new year. But in all honesty, this started for us, this this big push and this kind of desperate need for all of the automation at the very beginning of COVID. We were, um, uh, not to wow. take advantage of a horrible situation, but for us, we were just trying to keep up. This was an opportunity. This, this horrible crisis became an opportunity for us to show people how to stay afloat and to be able to, to help people keep their doors open. So... We, of course, were, were very blessed on on the, the business end of this, but we're also so thrilled to be able to see all of these businesses still survive and, and still be able to thrive in such an environment where they couldn't do a whole lot about it. They had to just figure it out, and we were able to help them do that. So our big rush actually started long, long ago. So we haven't necessarily seen a, a big push here toward the end of the year, or at least we haven't noticed it because we've just been churning through it this whole time. But we do hear that from time to time that people are either taking into consideration their taxes or they want to get on our books before the beginning of the year so that their team can be onboarded rather quickly. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. We're doing things way differently than we used to because of this unfortunate scenario. And one of those is streamlining things. So, you know, we're more touchless, Mm -hmm. right? And so that kind of feeds into what you guys do. And many of the things I know that we've implemented at our business, we're never going to go back. You know, Mm -hmm. there's some of these things are maybe things we were a little nervous about introducing, you know, you might hear that. And now that we've done it. Why did I wait this long? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, why do I wait to the song? We're, we're never well, going with back. remote teams. We found that over and over again that people yes. were so nervous about managing remote teams, but you don't have any reason to be nervous. You have all of your dashboards for every person, for every department. You know exactly what's going on or what's not going on. So it's kind of the both ends of the spectrum. Incredible point. You're right. I mean, how do you how do you stay on top of what your people are doing on a daily basis and your solution helps them do that? Hey, I always like to ask my guests to tell a brief story. <laughs> um, I prepped you for this. So uh, this can be anything, you know, something that shaped your life or maybe your outlook, uh, either in your personal or professional lives. What do you got for us today? You got something you can sure. share? Sure. So, you know, it has a lot to do with what we talked about very early on in the episode and and how I, I became a part of property management. Um, I was in a, a very nice position in my my old job. The oil and gas industry at the time was very lucrative, very, very easy to be in. It was an enjoyable position. The The paycheck was obviously really, really good. Um, I had no complaints there, except I never saw my kids. I never saw my family. I never had any downtime. I was gone all the time. And and frankly, it was a huge leap of faith. In fact, my now husband, Michael, told me over and over again that he couldn't afford me. 
and he wasn't wrong. So <laughs> I told him, I don't care. You, you need help. You, you're, there's fires everywhere. Your property management business is a little bit of a mess, even though it was growing like crazy. Um, that growth came with a lot of pain points. And at the time, I, you know, I was a very structured, very organized person. So I said, I can help you. You need the help. I'm quitting one way or the other. I got to get my life back. I'm coming to help you. So fortunately, like I said, it worked out. But that was a big, big leap of faith for me going from something that I knew and something that I had studied and had a professional um, engagement in and studying oil and gas and, and being a petroleum geologist is kind of a big deal for, for most people that are going down that path. And to kind of uproot and go into an industry I really had never heard of and didn't know anything about and had to learn from the ground up and wasn't entirely convinced I was going to get a paycheck <laughs> was a little bit um, of a scary decision. But for me, being able to see the impact that that I can have on on our staff, on our employees, on everyone that we work with from the perspective of structuring not only our business, but our service offerings to provide them the ability to make their own life decisions, to not be hamstrung by whatever's going on in their business or whatever fire they have to put out next. It just created options for me that that had never existed before. And frankly, I want to do the same thing for my staff. I, I think I posted a long rambling post about this on Facebook not very long ago, but really at the end of the day, we look back and we're, I'm, I'm just humbled by the impact that we're able to have, like, like I said, on our staff, on our employees, on our, our contractors, on our clients, and giving them their own life choices back when before this, they were kind of stuck. They were, they were dealing with this you know, firefighter mentality of you never know what's going to happen. And every time the phone rings, it's a bad thing. And what's, what's going on in my business? And how am I going to make payroll? And creating, you know, a profitability out of a, an industry that has very low profit margins. That's just no longer an issue at this stage in the game when it comes to truly diving into our services and 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 working with our team. So for me, the, the humbling experience came not only when I, I left an industry that I knew and loved and, and got into this very foreign industry to me at the time, um, but also just seeing everything that we can do and continue to do and have the the, op- the opportunity to do in such a crazy environment that there, there's for me there's just really no other other way to look at it we're we're humbled and we're, we're very blessed to be in this scenario wow that's a really cool story you have kind of recreated yourself <laughs> Absolutely. If you will. i'm sure as a geologist you probably had some pretty good analytical skills <laughs> um, yes that have applied well i mean there's got to be some skill crossover that's genius, yes absolutely Hey, listen, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. This has been a terrific episode. I've learned a lot and I would love to continue, but in the interest of time, I need to wrap up today. So any last words or thoughts for our audience about process automation, uh, what you guys do? And if someone wanted to reach out to RentBridge and and learn more, how would they go about doing that? Sure. You know, just last thoughts are what we tell most of our, our prospects and our clients is that, you know, automation is not designed to help you get rid of staff. Automation is designed to help you grow your company to accommodate the staff load that you have and make their lives better and make your life better. So it's not necessarily something that we want everybody to consider to make more bang for your buck. That's not the goal. The goal is life improvement. And, and at the end of the day, that that's what we're, we're looking to achieve. So that's kind of my, my parting thought there. But um, as far as how to get a hold of us, our, our website is, is the easiest way to connect with Blaze or, or someone else on our sales team to discuss any of your options, be it process automation or marketing automation. And that website URL is rentbridgegroup.com. And we'd be happy to talk to you. We're looking forward to it. 
Hey, there are a couple of cool downloads you have on your website too, handful, right? There yeah. was an ebook on automated processes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw two. Um, and there's also one about the marketing process startup and right. uh, goes mm-hmm. into some cool stuff, identifying personas. So Absolutely. I'll put links to various pages on your site, maybe those downloads. Perfect. So Heather, thank you for joining thank you. Property thank you Management for Brainstorm. Me. This has been awesome. Really appreciate your time. And as we wrap up today, I'd like to make another quick plug to our listeners to please click on the subscribe button, give us a like, and if if you could please also pay it forward with a positive review to help encourage more great guests like Heather to come on our show. And that concludes today's episode of the Property Management Brainstorm Show. Thank you so much for joining. Until next time, we will be in the field working hard for our clients to maximize their rental income, maintain top tenant relations, and we will catch you next time.